Hello, and welcome back to Creed Got Robbed. I almost forgot the name of the podcast, but I didn't, because we out here. It's Mike, joined by my longtime friend, Doof. Hello, Doof. How are you? Hello, Mike. I'm doing well. By Doof, I mean Dave. Uh, we are here to remind the folks that, in fact, uh, Creed got robbed. And before we uh, discuss the actual film that we are here to talk about today, which we will get to, we need to uh, have a, do a brief a, a bit of housekeeping because a uh, trailer for Creed 2 officially released today, uh, which means that we now officially have to rename the podcast to, drumroll please, Creed 2 Better Not Get Robbed. Yay! It fl- yeah, clap that up. Clap that up. Flows right <laughs> off the tongue. Um, it's blowing up the charts on iTunes. Um, it, you know, it just it works so much better. I think so. I think that I is. Think it does. I I agree. So that is what is uh, it is uh, being changed to. Uh, we will. I, I I assume the movie will be perfect, and therefore, it, it, it is not possible for this movie to be bad because a bad movie cannot be robbed. So therefore. It, the movie will be good, and it's I'm, that's just I'm, the discussion. Yeah, I'm, I'm sensing, I'm sensing, you know, best picture nomination, best actor, best actress. Yeah, I'm, I'm sensing everything. Exactly. So you know, it's uh, you know, it'll be, uh, it'll be um, 2019 at that point. Black people are allowed to win Oscars, or so, I, so mm-hmm. I've been told. Uh, mm-hmm. Finally, um, <laughs> lots of progress. Nothing else bad is happening, so Mm-mm. it's fine. Anyways, so <laughs> I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> we can edit this part out. I won't edit it out. I keep everything. <laughs> I'll just sprinkle in an air horn or two, maybe three. We'll figure it out. Hopefully uh, three. Yeah, let's go for three. I'll figure it out. Anyways, we are here to talk about a, a very different movie from Creed. Uh, we are here to talk about the film Hereditary. Oh, yes horror film that has recently come out and has been uh that was quite remarkable in a lot of ways and i think is just has a really interesting discussion to uh offer here it is directed by ari aster and it is his feature his first feature length uh mm-hmm. debut and it is i i've seen some it is a damn good movie for someone yeah, making their first yeah. feature length, which is crazy. So, like, I don't even. Yeah, with how uh, good, I mean, obviously, with how, with how good his first film is with how good this first film was. I'd be super interested to find out what his short his short movies are like, or his like mm-hmm. his shorts are. I, I would be. I'm so curious to find out if they're just as good or just as well directed. I agree, and um, I think. Um, uh, obviously, we're going to get into to heavy spoiler territory, so be warned. Uh, last chance. Okay. So, I really don't... Um, boy, there's a <laughs> lot to unpack here. Yeah. I, you know, yes, I don't sir. even really yes, quite know where to start. I think... I mean, so just just generally... I mean, even like before we get into too heavy spoilers, just, just the mm-hmm. movie is about... A, a, a history of mental illness and disturbance passed down through family members mm-hmm. and I think that's about as much as you can do without spoiling the rest of the movie 
it runs in the it, family. It's hereditary. And yeah. I love and I think that was um and it, they kind of spell it out pretty obviously at one point in the movie when they're I think they're talking about uh Oedipus Rex, like the the Greek tragedy talking about how, uh, you know, this uh this soothsayer has told Oedipus that he will kill his father and sleep with his mother. Um, and how they were the, the class, the, was, one of the characters was in a hit, like an English class when they were discussing this. They were talking about how, mm-hmm. whether or not it's more tra- more or less tragic if they know that everything has been faded and that they're doomed to this. Yeah. Or if they, if they think they have a chance to avoid this or if they know it, if they have, no idea yeah um and 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 that whole that whole story directly relates to the story in hereditary how okay we're getting into spoilers now how last chance essentially yeah last chance essentially this entire story has been manipulated by a cult and this family has no had no chances to to escape their fate essentially and that the fact that this this resurrection of I think his name's Pagan or Pagan Payman Payman that's right Payman the resurrection of this Payman this um, right hand man of Satan um, how it's inevitable I mean it, the whole movie has been orchestrated by this cult and mm. it's just oh man once you realize that the whole movie just gets so much creepier and so much yeah. more disturbing like uh. I mean, it, it just even start starting at the very opening scene. I uh, like. I think I'm. This might be me reading too much into it, but I, I like how it starts with the, the obituary of the kind of matriarch grandmother of the family. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I think this is reading too much into it, but obituaries have a very distinct style. Like there is a very specific way you write an obituary. It's like true. This person is certain, you know, this person who is this and this has passed away. She is survived by this person and this person and this person. Uh, she was the descendant of this person and this person. Rest in peace. <clears throat> and just like that, in, that super like tight structure of it. And like the movie very specifically shows it like not just like text across the screen but it shows you like it's a clipping from like a newspaper clipping like it keeps the the yeah, paragraph yeah. format and at the time i don't think it means a lot but like then you see uh the mother talking to or giving the um uh, the ugugly as derek zoolander <laughs> would say uh at the um at the funeral and mm-hmm. we late what you later realize is that the entirety of anyone who's attending there is are members of this cult. Yeah. So it yeah. just goes to show how deeply destined all of this is in a sen- in, mm-hmm. in that sense. And, and it's like it's like there's already such like a it's like my point here is kind of that like the structure of the structure of um the uh obituary is is just is so much like the kind of structure of this family and its cult and their ultimate fate like it's it there's a way that this is this you know it's outlined like payment needs uh prefers a male body he needs people to be beheaded there has to be this kind of sacrifice like all of that is is destined in a way and it's 
it's really cool to see that how like the characters kind of struggle with that and how um and how in a lot of ways like uh it, it kind of shares a similarity with some other movies where like like the witch for example where a lot of the things that you could that are kind of in the that you see in the movie are like as a result of you know it's mental illness it's depression mm-hmm. it's like a mm-hmm. for a lot of the like for 70 percent of the movie it's a family drama and tragedy like and that was my favorite just, part of the movie that that first half where it, it was just about the family struggling with the loss of the grandmother and then subsequently the loss of the daughter that first half that first like 80 minutes or so hands down like one of my favorite family dramas in film mm-hmm. because the way that the son the way that they shoot the son dealing with the tragedy of you know essentially killing his his uh, sister yeah uh, the camera is so tightly focused on his face he's it's... afraid to he's afraid to look up and it and the camera literally does not cut from his face like there is no catharsis in like seeing what happened it's literally just focusing on his face and that and yeah. that kind of that kind of shot that kind of shot happens just constantly in the film yeah and there's, it, it... At, there's at points go ahead yeah, and it's and they do a great job of like making that uncomfortable because mm-hmm. right when you because you you you've seen that shot before and you know when it should cut uh, you know when it it should cut away uh-huh. to show you what happens and it doesn't it, it makes you exactly. feel stuck and trapped and like helpless it, it translates like a, like it was really visceral and deeply unsettling yeah. like yeah, the, not this, in like I'm seeing has... something horrific way but it like. It uh, it was just like a great way to kind of throw off the rhythm of yeah. like how you expect visual storytelling to work in movies in a way that re- was super duper effective. Like mm-hmm. how you don't see, like you. Fi- I mean, continuing, like, especially when the kid is laying in his bed, and because mm-hmm. he after his after his uh, sister is separated from this mortal coil. Um, <laughs> And he just goes to his bed and he just lies down. And I swear, it's like you're looking just right at his face for like 45 seconds. Yeah. And in another movie, you would see the mom come downstairs, go to the car, look at the body. But you hear all of that. So you know what it's like. You, 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 you still visualize that, but you aren't like you're trapped with him. Mm-hmm. And it just, it, it's incredible. And, and this something that this director does is he he knows that your imagination can scare you more than something that he can show you. Mm-hmm. So what he does is he constantly builds up these reactions and he shows you the character's reactions and he and he foreshadows things and it's just it's making your imagination just run rampant about oh my god what's going to happen like this could happen this could happen this could happen and and one of one one really good shot that shows that is when he's near, near kind of near the end when he's sitting in his bed, the the son is sitting in his bed, and in the corner you see like a figure, but you don't mm-hmm. know you see a figure quite yet. It's so dark, but you kind of start to see like a person just sitting in the corner, like obviously impossibly sitting in the corner, mm-hmm. and it, it, it's that idea where, you know, a, a lesser horror movie would have that character jump down, the camera would cut, and you would see it jumping the camera. But instead, it's this long shot of this creature just standing in the corner, and you're like, "What is that? What? When is it going to attack? Yeah, and when is it going yeah. to move?" And it never does. 
and that's what's so spooky about this movie is it plays with your expectations and oh man i'm 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 getting spooked out i gotta like look behind me to like make sure there's i know seriously and oh jesus and i think and even just having like the uh I guess I, there are still, like, a couple of, like, plot things I'm trying to, like, figure out, too. Like, mm-hmm. just having, like, the the presence of payment just be that, like, innocuous. Yeah, yeah. Or that, like, blue, not, or that blue light that shines around. Like, that's essentially Yeah, it's, it. like, it's not something, like, immediately, like, inherently dark in a way. Like, it's mm-hmm. just, like, what was that? Like, it's something that is it's kind of like you don't know if it's real or not like what did you hear like um how was that when you saw this movie how was your sound like actually the, the like this the, the sound in the theater was it pretty good uh yeah generally uh you know surprisingly that movie theater actually has a really bad habit i think in some of their smaller theaters of cutting out on sound in some of the worst possible times oh no yeah, it's really bad, and we've complained multiple times about it, and they haven't fixed it. But, anyways, uh, but we ac- we actually had pretty. It was uh, pretty good. Okay, so like uh, one thing that they did so well was was audio editing. You would hear you would hear that click sound, and you would hear it from behind you, and, and yes, and, and, and you wouldn't know like where it came from. It was this. It was like it was the director's way and the editor's way of making you feel uncomfortable. Because at at that point you're in the middle of the story and you don't know, and there what isn't to like a there isn't a visual directional cue yeah, exactly, for it exactly. to be. So you, so it like I think I remember that now because I thought it was people in the audience doing me it. Like too. I couldn't yeah, tell. Me too. Uh, and like just having it on like a completely different channel from like the rest uh-huh. of what was happening totally, in the movie. Yeah, it's totally like totally different channel. It just is really effective ways of using, um, storytelling that sometimes movies don't like it's a whole different like that's why i really liked uh that i thought that was like a quiet place did a really good job of it because it mm-hmm. uh i mean it utilized visual storytelling in uh and and kind of auditory storytelling in ways that a lot of movies kind of forget that they're working with that those senses sometimes even though they're movies yeah like not having like for example in that movie like they like the the grocery store that they're like kind of pillaging is all picked off except for their like the chips like mm-hmm. the sun chip aisle because it's you eventually learn that it's like oh those make a lot of noise but they don't have to tell you that but it it is a great like it's a great kind of combines like the visual and auditory in a way and and, and i think i i think that can segue a little bit into what horror movies can do and what horror movies can accomplish that standard like dramas or thrillers can't accomplish it's the fact that these horror directors or horror movies utilize sound and utilize your expectation much differently than let's say like a comedy would. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's why I think directors are starting to realize that. And I think you're starting to see like actually really, really well done horror movies. And I think it, like if you date back a little bit, look at like a movie like get out, like get out seemed to be like the first, like, critically acclaimed horror movie and i think moving forward i think we're going to see a lot more critically acclaimed horror movies that are generally recognized as amazing movies more than just like shining Mm -hmm. and rosemary's baby like and 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 psycho more than just that but like like movies that are actually nominated recognized 
So. And get like more than just like the the classics of the genre, but mm, getting mm-hmm. su- sustained film like different company, like different creative teams, but getting still getting like kind of. I I would say more so like than a. I don't know if like it's a renaissance per se, but it kind of feels like they're finally. It, it's like the, the they're finally getting. Um, the uh, attention that was due, mm-hmm. but all it's also coinciding at a time that some of the that people are getting that like distribution teams like A A twenty four and oh, Bloomhouse are getting horror like really creative and gr- creative like giving risky horror ideas like mm-hmm. this the attention and love that they deserve. So it's like yes. it's kind of a co it's like a com- combination of all those things because um. And just but, a second, can we can we take a moment and recognize how many good movies A twenty four has put out in the past like five years? Yeah, they've been on. They have been on a real um, like like. They're really good at picking movies. It's incredible. So I I made a list of like these spectacular movies that A twenty four has put out. Like mm-hmm. and, and 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 it's not just horror. I mean, it, it's comedy. It's it's drama. Like Swiss Army Man, which Under the Skin, It Comes at Night, Florida Project, Killing of a Sacred Deer, Lobster, Ghost Story, Good oh, Time, Moonlight. Oh like, my god! Like the list of these movies that this production company is putting out is spectacular. Like I'm so excited for what this production company like puts out and what they choose to back. I'm just I'm so excited. I will see every A24 movie that comes out at this point. Yeah, like they've really kind of I think they've also um this might be a dumb comparison, but they've kind of almost have like an adult swim kind of playbook to film distribution where you, I mean, people things that are on adult swim are all made by different people. Mm-hmm. But they all you all understand what they you understand why all of those shows are in that place so they have a very like so they have a very this to say they have a well-defined brand is kind of underselling it mm-hmm. i think they but they very much have a good idea about what kind of projects fit with their with their ethos yeah with their and style give, yeah and give the and and you make sure that they get those projects like don't kind of languish and get to and get out which is really cool mm-hmm. that was not a pun i promise that was not intended <laughs> um i guess going back to hereditary like i think like like what kind of what you were saying about it being a family drama i mean that was definitely like i think that's why some people might not be who are expecting a more straightforward horror film might not have been i, I think we'll talk about this a bit more later but like why they might have been surprised because it it is like after the daughter is killed in, in such a horrifying way like it is gut-wrenching like the mm-hmm. like the, the mom just like just like wailing there and then like the dinner like and, and just the, and, i and guess just what like, she's saying too she's like rocking back and forth just saying kill me like just literally kill me i have nothing to live for just kill me and seeing a mom do that is just kind of spooky because you expect yeah. this maternal figure to be protecting. First of all, his name Tony Collette. Is that the actress's name? Yes. Okay, she is spectacular in this film, as the flawed mother mm-hmm. who never, technically, never wanted to be a mother, but was forced into motherhood by her mother, and it's just 
she does a, a spectacular job. And when she finds out about her daughter's death, she's rocking back and forth on the ground, and her her husband doesn't know how to console her. He's just kind of standing there, and yeah. Oh. And I love. I just. I think that was. Um, I think that was one of the things that really stuck. That really made this movie special for me was how invested I got in this family. Mm-hmm. Like, I would like at the dinner scene. Uh, like when 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 the kid was like, "Hey, Dad, this was really good." I'm like, "Yes, yes, right, yeah." Happy family. They're gonna make it. They're gonna do it. They're gonna pull this out. And then it just like, and then you just see like the mom, like I mean, because they kind of have like, um, like the mom and the mom and the son have always had this like catty kind of relationship. Yeah, you know, part of it's like you. It, that's the kind of it kind of blurs the lines. Like you don't know if it's because of this like this whole cult thing or if it's just that's because how family and kids are. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, he's a teenager. I've, yeah, he's around yeah, that age. Like, it, and they did a great job of like, cause some of the dialogue in that movie, I haven't heard it per se, but I've very much heard conversations in my life that sounded exactly like the way they talk to each other. Oh, for scene. sure. And I'm like, no, I know what this is. Stop doing this. This is bad, 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 bad. Stop doing this. And there's just, there's nothing supernatural about it. And it's just, it's just like heart wrenching. Cause you know, like that when the, when shit is going to hit the fan and oh God, it does, uh, you know that there's, there's, it, there, there's only one way they're going to keep it together and they're just not doing it. And mm-hmm. like, you, again, it's like the cold goes back to the kind of fate thing. Like you see it coming a mile away and it's just it's still just as like tragic when, when it finally all falls apart. And, hmm. um, I okay. guess, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just, I was going to say, we haven't really touched on the mother's, um, uh, what the mother does or like what she does for a yes. living. So the, the Tony Collette's character, um, I guess from what I gather is an artist and she builds lifelike miniatures of scenes her job is to get called by the art gallery every uh, <laughs> yeah, every year. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, hey, it's Tony with the art gallery. Um, heard that your uh, son has been um, imbi- possessed by uh, the payman, one of the uh, lords of hell. It's really a great move for him. Everyone's about to glow up. You know, it's what we do here. Uh, so it's really exciting. Um, just want to put a little bug in your ear about, you know, maybe the... Uh, uh, the gallery opening, just you know, just check in. I know the the payment thing's probably a lot, but so, you know, just want to check and see if you you know. Okay, I'll catch it. I'll catch it. <laughs> click, click. But and and Sorry. and those and those moments where you see the the extreme macro or micro shot, or I guess it would be macro macro shots of those of those dollhouses essentially that she's mm-hmm. building. Um, they work on a bunch of different levels. So one, it's her trying. It it, it seems like it's the mother's failing attempt to grasp the situation essentially it's 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 this mom's way of dealing with everything there's one mm-hmm. really really weird dollhouse shot and i wasn't sure if what i saw was actually what they showed was at one point was there like a hospital room where the grandmother had her bosom out and was trying to breastfeed the baby yes is that a real thing that was, yes that was Okay, so uh, yeah, yeah. So on one level, it's this mother that's trying to deal with these situations, and this is the only way she knows how. On another, on another level, it kind of represents this this cultish behavior of you know predetermined fate, 
where everything mm-hmm. is a dollhouse. The cult is literally playing with this family like they're dolls in a dollhouse. And I just, I, I think that realizing that about three quarters of the way through, at that point, I was like, all right, this is this is this is a good movie. This is a good movie. Yeah, I think. Uh... I, I think I, 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 it's something that they hint at super early in the movie, mm-hmm. too, because the like the very first shot is like a a shot of it because the movie starts in. Um, it shows least, the, I think it shows because it shows house, her workshop. Right? It show, I think it shows yeah, the, the tree house, house and um, then it zooms into the house like going yeah. backwards. Yeah, and then it goes into her workshop and then it starts to zoom in on one of the mo- on one of the model rooms. And you do, and you don't, you can't tell if you're looking at the model or the act, the room itself, until the dad walks in, and you're like, and, and eventually that kind of comes into relief of like, there. And there are a couple other shots in the movie too where it looks, they, there's just something off about it. Like it mm. looks like it, like it might be a miniature. It, you don't know if it's real, but it's like shot the way they, the 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 scenes that they do that are in the workshop look like but it is the house and it just kind of it, it, it just kind of again plays that line of like this is all i mean i mean these people are just toying with their lives like how the uh um i mean how the uh like the cult symbol is carved into the telephone pole mm-hmm. like where the daughter loses her head and it just sound it just yeah and and ah oh, man and, and then you go to have to, and then you have to think like i loved the kind of um there was there was like a lot of weird. I loved the weird constant close up shots of knives chopping things yeah, very yeah. vigorously. Yeah, it's like because I know when I went to parties when I was in high school, I you know, definitely everyone was just like chopping walnuts like that was just something that you know we we did at parties. It was oh, like yeah, wow, totally. this is you know all right, we're about to make a cake. Let's get some nuts. Yeah, like. I just but uh, and you kind of forget about it, but then you remember the nut allergy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know why they necessarily did that, but it was just something that was like deeply uncomfortable. Do seeing. you mean you don't know why they showed all the knives, like the knives cutting the the nuts? Yeah, because it's because it's like the dad did it during like yeah. making dinner. Yeah. Like it was just it it was like I so, think it was intended to be unsettling, but it, yeah. it it always just really creeped me out. Even though the knife itself was never like a. No one chopped off their finger or anything. Like, I, I will. I would. I would like to bring up an association for you, though. The, all those like chopping up dinner, chopping up the nuts. Fast forward in the movie later when the son is in the attic and the mom is banging on the ceiling. Mm-hmm. It's kind of that similar thing where it's this. It's this incense. This incessant banging on mm-hmm. something, and then finally, after after all this banging, there's a sudden cut to her literally on the ceiling banging her head against the attic door it's yeah it's very similar to all the knives chopping up the food and that's this this whole this whole movie has this visual language that is very uh, everything kind of everything kind of echoes something where Mm -hmm. whether it's a shot if it's an audio cue if it's a it's if it's a certain way the camera moves everything kind of relates to something that happened earlier in the movie and 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 that scene in the attic when the mom is banging her head on the on the ceiling trying to get into the mm-hmm. attic, that is that is a shot that will forever be scarred into my head. 
I will never ever be able to like walk under an attic and not think of Tony Collette banging her head against an, an attic at like an inhuman speed. Yeah. Yeah, like that was wild. And and like another really creepy one for that was uh early in the movie you see um the daughter, like I think this I can't remember if this is before or after she was cutting the head off a bird. Um <laughs> But you see she's just, like, standing or, like, sitting down or something in the schoolyard. And you see the woman across the street, like, staring at her mm-hmm. and, like, smiling. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, a distant in a way. You're like, who is this lady? What does this have to do with anything? But then later, after the, you know, the the tragic plot twist that I, the, I, I did, Sarah saw coming, but I did not see coming because I'm a, a dummy. <laughs> where, she, where the uh, the nice like Joanne or what I think is what her name was because that mm-hmm. what she, that's what she looks like her name is um, what's his perfect casting um, uh, when she starts like when she when the same thing happens and then it's like she's telling um, the son to to leave his body to like yeah. you know you are be banished from your like physical form mm-hmm. um, and you're like. And then that clicks, and he's like, "That's what happened." Yeah, and, and just just the keeping that style consistent to remind you of that. Um, also, yeah, I think definitely that was like one of the I, I loved the kind of twist with that because it wasn't like immediately like that the that we saw that she I mean because she seemed like a really genuine and nice and it's like you know I talked to my son I talked to him like I'm like okay, <laughs> and then as and then as soon as um. You know, it goes from light outside, and then as soon as it cuts, it's like immediately dark, and you're like, "Oh, this is really bad. This is, oh man, it's just." Yeah, and I, I just so I think one thing again that we that we mentioned even earlier in this in this podcast was that the editing in this film is is meant to make you feel uncomfortable, whether it's quick quick switches from night to day. Whether it's really eerie fades that that happen, mm-hmm. like fades from when the son is 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 walking to his room, um, after he just killed his sister, you know, you expect the camera to either cut, cut to black, cut to inside of his room, cut to his face, cut to the car, something. But instead, it it, just, it lingers on the shot of the hallway and his room, just a little bit too long, and before before your body can even like expect a change it starts to fade into his face so the like the director uses these these kind of interesting edits to show passages of time and just always keep mm-hmm. you on edge just to keep you just a little bit uncomfortable yeah i loved i loved those day night shifts mm-hmm. like that i mean because they felt so abrupt and unnatural and like that's not the way day night cycles work in movies mm-hmm. um yeah it's always like through it was, like a different edit like you it's always like either the next day or it, it there's always a cut to something different it's not just a static shot of a tree and all of a sudden it's nighttime that doesn't happen yeah it, it feels like there were like there was no vic it, it kind of feels like because usually there's like a payoff of like oh mm-hmm. we made it through the night we made it we did it but you don't get that. Like yeah. it just is just like bang. Like you're still going. Like you're. There is no relief in making it to morning. Mm. Like, there kind of is, but ultimately there really isn't. So, uh, I guess like one kind of last thing I want to 
uh, bring up specifically about the movie. I mean, there's so much to dig into. Like, I, so I might much. have to watch it again sometime just to just to see all the other details going on here. But uh, I saw a great um, kind of thread about it on Twitter the other day, where it's someone talking about like the idea of like monument, like monuments in horror, mm-hmm. and. This is kind of something that kind of is exemplified by the final scene of like the weird, crazy like statue they built of Payman in um, in the uh, treehouse as you know someone's headless body <laughs> is floating there after she slight cut off her own head with piano wire, which is wild. That that was just oh, uncomfortable like, to say the least. Yeah. Uh, but the idea that it, I thought that was just like really striking because a lot of times in horror, there is a, a kind of like a monument or I like, I'm trying to think like, um, like the pictures, like the pictures from like the shining mm-hmm. or like the weird statue from the omen. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of other like good examples here. Um, you are, do you, are you referring to like physical things that represent like the theme of the movie yes exactly like like the the like the statue of payment isn't in and of itself isn't a threat or scary but like the the horror it represents of like this demon lord being made real and like the physical and like the familial damage across generations it has inflicted Mm -hmm. is like is to see it like so starkly some like represented in like a figure gives it like this weird like kind of terrifying but terrifying presence mm-hmm. uh, and, and then how the oh well, I, I think that that's kind of like what good horror movies do is they kind of make the like make ordinary objects or just objects that seemingly aren't you know unsettling by themselves they make them unsettling to the audience. So you think about movies like, like effective horror movies. You think of effective horror movies like, like, like the Wicker Man. Okay. Well, the Wicker Man, or I was thinking like the witch, (laughs) the witch where like, like you see a goat and, and, and that goat is unsettling. Goats are not unsettling, but because the way this, because the way it's shot, because of the story, that goat is unsettling. Yeah, so, like I'm trying to look up like another um, a couple of uh, examples here as I'm okay. stalling. Um, well, you can think of even more of them. So, like, think of th- so the first ring. I think that was Gorber Verbinski. That first ring. I mean, so wells aren't naturally scary, but the mm-hmm. fact that there was a woman, a girl, trapped in that well makes it makes it unsettling and frightening. And I, and I think that's what ineffective horror movies fail to do. So like, or ineffective horror movies. So like, you know, you think of your your run of the mill Halloween cash grab, like whatever it ends up being, like the unfriended, like oh no, they're they're using technology and this woman is possessing, but you don't care about it because it's not set up properly. Or if you think of, like, Truth or Dare or any of the, like, Ouija, you don't care about those things because mm-hmm. they don't set up the characters, they don't set up their story, you don't care about whether or not they die, and ultimately you know they're going to die because it's a horror movie. Like, it, it's those things that, 
that bad horror movies just do that just make them ineffective. So a movie like um, Hereditary, when it goes against those things, it just makes it stand out that much more. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, like, um, I mean, it's uh, like having the movie all be kind of summed up in like the final shot, which is like the diorama, like the diorama style look of the people bowing down to payment. Mm-hmm. But it's um, it, it looks like it's like a diorama with like the all black surrounding. It's like just such a, like a perfect distillation of the ideas of that movie. And to see, I think like I really like when movies can kind of boil down, not boil down, but like deliver their themes and ideas and motifs into one single scene, image, sequence. Mm -hmm. Like to see that just so, I think that's the mark of a good idea um, is that because, you know, I think a lot, it, this is going to sound dumb, but, like, you know, a lot of the best ideas for stories and films are relatively simple. Oh, absolutely. And yeah, I totally so agree. So to see, so, like, to, so to see, so, like, to see that um, just can super condensed into, like, a single, like, image and experience is just really, I think the best movies are, can do that at the best times, like, like for one of them, I've just popped into my head like, Shaw- like Shawshank Redemption. Like after he like literally crawls through a mile of shit and is free. Okay, like it's not it might, it's not quite like exact like it's so it's it's kind of like the iconic moment of a mm-hmm. movie and it's, yeah. um, and I think being able to compress all of that into a single kind of a neat little dollhouse. <laughs> Exactly, like into a perfectly little contained thing is really is a mark of a, a good a film that like knows it, it has a good idea, but is well done in it, that it you know the devils in the details. <laughs> mm-hmm. So so Mook, after all this all this talk about a good horror movie, how uh, how excited are you for Bumblebee? Are you, are you excited for the movie, the, the, the Transformers movie called Bumblebee? How exciting does that movie look? To be honest, the trailer looked better than some of the other Transformers movies, so oh. I actually, like, How dare legitimately, you? How I dare would... you? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, sometimes I must dine with the swine, okay? I guess... To better understand their palate. I guess I'll, I'll let you do that. I'll, I'll avoid that movie like the plague. I'll let you know when A24 does their Transformers movie. Thank you. I will see that movie uh, the second it comes out. You know, A24 presents Unicron, the real good guy. <laughs> well, first of all, I mean, to, to, I don't know, we're kind of wrapping things up here, but what what did you see any trailers for good movies before this movie? Do you remember? I thought the one... There, it, we saw one for Unfriended. I don't know the dark oh, the web deep, that was the, bad. Oh god, that's so atrocious. That oh. like it's just it. That's exact. That's exactly the opposite of Hereditary. Mm-hmm. But there was one that was um, that looked more like a thriller. That oh, I cannot remember the actor's name. He's in Harold and is he in Harold and Kumar? I, I don't know. Um, 
<laughs> oh wait, yeah. Wait, why did I ask you that? Oh, God, <laughs> that's embarrassing. Um, I don't know. At the theater that I was at, we just saw. I just saw terrible trailers, like terrible movies, constantly. And I and 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 that kind of reminded me of how important advertising is to get the adver- like the average moviegoer into movies. Like they need to John show John Cho. <laughs> Sorry, got, no, you're I good. You're good. got it. You're good. Um, I just I, the advertising advertising for movies is getting so is getting so annoying and and like I don't know, just like face palmy. Like every horror movie, there's going to be that that one gruesome cut. There's going to be that loud bang sound. There's going to be the quiet moment. Like every every advertised horror movie is exactly the same, and that's what I think A twenty four does so well is when they show you a trailer for a movie, you don't know what it's about. And and actually, one thing I think that they kind of dropped the ball on was the advertising for Hereditary. So when you when you watch the trailer, go back and watch the trailers. It makes it seem like it's another like creepy little girl movie, like little girl gets possessed yeah. and and haunts a family, and and I think that's what audiences were were kind of expecting, and. I think that's why it has such a low audience score is, is people go in expecting this demon movie about little girl with jump scares and she stabs a guy in the throat with a knife or she, and not a 70% deep, dark family horror movie, family tragedy that turns into a horror movie in the last 30 minutes. Yeah, and I and, and I love those are my favorite kind of horror movies. The movies that make you actually care about the characters. Exactly. Like I think that's um I think you're right. Like it's it I think it's it, it also kind of depends on like, you know, what kind of uh um you know, A24 is not trying to put up like Infinity War style numbers at the box <laughs> office. So, and, and trailers are designed like that's why they've showed put spoilers in the trailers. With too much to film nerds annoyance because that is scientifically proven to make more people go see the movie, yeah. Um, whether you like it or not, and so for big movies, that's something that they that's how they cut a trailer. But like A twenty four is not. I mean, they want movies to be successful, obviously, but they are. I mean, there there is an audience. They 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 know how to intrigue their audience, mm-hmm. and that is and I think that's why a lot of their trailers are. Um, are cut the way they are is because they don't they don't expect them to be a mass market hit and they don't need them to be because they're you know like what was the out of curiosity like what was the budget for hereditary let's find out that was not easy to find well while you're 10 million dollars yeah so not even well not even a fraction of what a, a a big budget movie takes to make or mm-hmm. and it's yeah. Have, uh, side note, sidebar. Have you seen Under the Skin? I forget. Uh, have we talked about Under the Skin before? I don't think I have. Okay. That should be next on your movie list. Uh Scarlett Johansson. Um it, it it's it's just it's a very good movie. A20 I believe it's a, I'm pretty sure it's A24. Um and it's the same kind of thing where it's it's it, it, it's horror, but it's it's I think I've heard about this. Yeah, it's horror and drama and and you're not, sh- and, and it's very visual, and there's unique musical elements, and you're not sure what's happening until the very end, and there's ambiguity, and 
kind of like when I recommended The Witch, like The Witch is the same thing. There's ambiguity, there's mm-hmm. kind of unsettling scenes, but to call it a horror movie seems oversimplification, where it's not just a horror movie, it's this drama of certain things happening. So I, I would highly recommend anyone who listens to this or you to see Under the Skin. Yeah, and like you had mentioned, we've mentioned it a couple times, but The Witch, uh, I, I actually just watched it earlier this week uh, mm-hmm. based on your recommendation. It, it, it does, definitely has a lot of the same DNA yeah. uh, that Hereditary does. And it, it does. I think it does a great job of getting you invested in the characters. And I liked how a lot of their plight isn't, it's not just a family being, you know, haunted. It's a, a colonial family dealing with a, bad harvest Mm -hmm. yeah and how and how grounded i think like it works for hereditary too like despite all the supernatural elements and cuts and and things like that like how grounded the like the tragedy of losing uh you know a grandmother and then your daughter is very visceral and very real and to to have that have that be the core horror of the movie, and not the super and the, like, and kind of f- and like surround that with the supernatural is like what makes it so makes it work so well. Is like because you're not scared. Like the thing that really like made that movie hard for me. Like I, after that after that movie, I was like, okay, we're not we're not gonna go see a scary movie for a while. Yeah, was like was the fact that it was so grounded in things that were real which is again i think just a mark of a a good film um and i guess uh what was i gonna say um Hmm. uh there's something else about the we're talking about the trailers um but yeah i think that's kind of why the uh uh, i think horror movie trailers are always kind of interesting some way so i kind of get like i kind of get the audience score like it's it would be if you were expecting like a uh friday the 13th kind of movie and got <laughs> this it would be mis maybe unfair to the movie but understandable i guess that makes sense sure like, yeah. i don't think the movie deserves that audience score but i understand how it got it mm-hmm. yeah because y- you picture someone going to see this movie expecting I'm trying to think of like a horror movie that kind of relates to it, like, like one of the Amityville Amityville horror remakes, or like one of the one of like the new Insidious movies, like you VHS, yeah, or VHS. Well, I actually have a soft spot in my heart for the first VHS and the second VHS. I just a little soft spot, a little soft spot in my heart. It's very tiny, just, a, just a teeny little one at the very very bottom. Yeah. Did you ever see, speaking of horror movies, did you ever see Happy Death Day? No. And I I, I wanted to. I think, because that is actually like a horror movie that's like on the, I think this is also really interesting because like how horror is, is like within horror, it's such a diverse genre because it's a horror movie, but it's also like a, I mean, it's like a horror comedy rom- action kind of romp. Okay. Because it's. It basically turns into like a slasher version of Groundhog Day. <laughs> okay. And it, they do they they it's like they have a lot of great like comedic payoffs in it. 
in a way that is um it, it's it's a really fun movie and and and, and, and i think it kind of goes to show like that uh, horror across the board should get more respect as a genre just because i mean there's so much depth within the genre itself because you have you have things like you have things like hereditary which are incredible like dra- family dramas and then um and things like happy death day which are a like comedy like a really like it's a really funny movie like there's some really funny jokes in it but it's still a horror movie like they're still like it's still inherently scary um so it's really cool to see like such like uh dynamism in the genre that like it's not you're not just like stuck with something trying to do everything or nothing it's like there, there. That's I, I. can't remember. I think that was a Bloomhouse project, which it, it sounds um, about right. Yeah. Um, and so and and they've been doing great work too. And it's cool to see that they're just willing to give a lot more. Like it, it's a great time for the genre because it's all. I think it's also just a, a product of the budget. Like horror movies can be made for, for not a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So it just is. It's just a great kind of creative, kind of breeding ground because it lets people they let people with weird, crazy ideas that might suck if it's a hundred million dollar movie. But if it has like a seven mil, like a $7 million budget, then they're, they're not afraid to take risks and do interesting things with the, the story in a way that is, I think really cool and just refresh. Like for example, happy death. They had a $4.8 million budget. That's incredible. That's it. That's incredible. Yeah. And it's um, and it just super. And it, I think it super works. So, I uh, so uh, so yeah, that's another one I would recommend checking out if you uh, have not already watched it. Okay, it's a lot more fun than Hereditary. I'll tell you that. Not that Hereditary is bad, but <laughs> it, it sounds you'll like, feel you'll feel okay after Happy Death Day. It sounds like a lot more fun than Under the Skin too. So, if you're feeling like a movie that makes you feel uncomfortable, uh, check out Under the Skin. If you're if you're feeling like a comedy horror movie it sounds like check out happy death day so we got two uh two drastically different recommendations there cool well hey dude uh that seems like a pretty good point to uh, to wrap it up here and uh call a day because uh that's pretty spooky podcast i know I, I have to i have to my dog before it gets too dark or else i'm gonna be too spooked no don't do that no no don't do that here i'll turn up my game super high and do it again no, don't do that all right. Well, hey, thanks for joining us, folks. Uh, we'll catch you next time. Uh, I'm Mike. I'm David. And uh, don't forget that uh, greed got robbed. <laughs>